guys how we doing chris how you doing buddy doing well peyton how are you i'm pretty good you sounded like darren there a <laughs> little bit I, it's, it's been a while man it's been a while for sure i'm guessing people are going to be wondering where we've been yeah i mean i don't know we could we could let them know um you know it's been it's you know just a, it's okay to enjoy the holidays every once in a while you know thanksgiving break see the family um obviously i was out of town so kind of hard yep. to record but uh, yeah, we're back. Hey, back on track now, and um, the Wolves are also kind of back on track now. Yeah, you could say we missed the best stretch of Wolves basketball ever since we started the podcast to not do any videos. But you know what, man? Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for what this Wolves team has done, and we we feel like a real team. And I feel like we've kind of been predicting this for a while. I mean, I don't want to give us all the credit, but um, you know. We had uh, we've had the potential all along, and I think now we're all kind of we're kind of putting it into into play here. Yeah, and uh, you know, won six out of the last seven games. Uh, I can't really remember the last time we could say that about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, and we have potential to win, you know, seven out of eight games here tonight with the Pacers. Um, you know, we'll get into that maybe at the end a little bit, but you know, kind of reflecting on the past six wins, obviously. Most of them were against, you know, some of the easier teams, but, you know, we did our job. Um, we beat the easy teams, at least by 20, all of them. Right. Um, and some giant wins against some against three, you know, playoff teams in the Sixers, Heat, and the Grizzlies. Um, I guess starting off with the Grizzlies game, I mean, we we aren't really, you know, a team that beats the Grizzlies too often for some reason. No. They really have our number. Um especially in the first game of the season, it looked like we were going to beat the Grizzlies. It looked like we were going to break through. And, of course, you guys saw, you know, the OT game where we lost. Um, this one was not the same game whatsoever. Uh, we had almost a 50-point lead against this Memphis Grizzlies team at one point. Um, all I can say is that was kind of the breakout game where I'm like, wow, okay, I, th- I think we can play good. Right. Yeah, dude, that game was incredible. Like, we we – it wasn't even close for most of the game. Like we just, we blew them out. And we, at that point, it was something we had never really seen from this Timberwolves squad. And I mean, I don't, I don't know if we need to go into every game fully in depth breakdown, but there's just been a few things overall that I think have changed and that have made this team be more successful here. And I think one of the main pieces is, uh, is, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. I'm right with you on that one. Um, Man, Jared Vanderbilt, like these past, you know, we kind of knew at the beginning of the season. Um, he's always been a guy who hustles and who, right. you know, makes the extra play. But these past, you know, six wins, it's become ever more apparent, I think, because we're winning. And you see the things he does that, you know, change the game for us to win. Uh, a lot of these wins in a very big, a, a large amount have to do with Jared Vanderbilt grabbing that offensive rebound, getting that steal, hustling, you know, down the court. Um, he 
established himself as this team's starting four, potentially for years to come. I for think the in future, this past stretch. for sure. And hey, I'll give you all the credit, man. In the beginning of the season, I was a little skeptical of it, if he could be that four of the future for us. And man, he's really proved it. He can. He really has proven to everyone that hustle, hard work, and a lot of athleticism is really all you need in the NBA. And I mean, I'd love to see him develop a little bit more of an offense. Maybe, maybe be able to go out for a layup against Embiid at the end of that game against the Sixers. But at this point, man, he's doing all that he needs to do, staying out of foul trouble for the most part, and he's been he's been fantastic. What's another strong spot so far? You think this this little run that's kind of helped propel us over the edge and be a better team? Um, I personally think you know it's the obvious answer, but Carl Anthony Towns has been exactly all we need him to be, and that's that superstar player, man. He. Right. He has been uber efficient in every single one of these wins, and it's very apparent even the games where he scores, you know, 22, that his presence on the offensive end getting double teamed is leading to a lot of really open shots. And you see Malik Beasley having his breakout game, and you see D'Angelo Russell having these breakout games, plural, because he had a couple good games during these stretches of wins. And those two are really, really, it goes to show how critical those two are, you know, for this team to win. Um, when D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley don't play well, the Timberwolves often lose, as shown in the beginning of the season. And when they have, you know, decent games, like D'Lo scoring 24 or Malik Beasley adding a 15 off the bench, it's the difference, you know. Um, it's the difference between winning and losing these games. Yeah, and what you're saying about Carl Anthony Towns being that superstar is he's like in most of these games, have you noticed that he hasn't been the person everyone's talking about? In all these games, it's always been like, oh, yeah, Anthony Edwards, amazing game. Malik Beasley, amazing game. Last game against the Sixers, D'Angelo Russell, amazing game. But Carl Anthony Towns has consistently been there, and I think that his consistent play is allowing for these other players to have their breakout games, just as you said. So I think he's really – he's kind of been a closet superstar, to say, in a way to put it. Um, but, yeah, he has been very critical to all these wins, even if you're not really seeing it portrayed in the media like that. And he's his shot-making, his efficiency, it's been elite. Even his defense has been pretty damn good. Um, I want to jump into my – this guy should have been my number one vote. Malik Beasley, man. He Ever since that Suns game, he's been doing exactly what we wanted him to do. And, man, it yeah, really opens it, up the offense. It's only a matter of time, you know, before Malik starts dropping in those shots. And it was a little, you know, hard to watch, honestly, at points early in the oh, season because yeah. his threes weren't dropping. So he was trying to resort to, you know, his version of trying to get to the cup, which often, you know, turns into a little floater slash jump Ugly shot floater, on just the an block. awkward floater. And he's not, he's not comfortable doing that. And he was kind of forced into doing that just to get something, man, just to try to be a positive on this team. But, you know, it's as, as a team player, you know, as a six man, potential six man of the year in Malik Beasley, it's important for you to know your role on a team, you know, no matter it's for every player, no matter if you're the star player of the team, no matter if you're riding the end of the bench, you know, if you're the 13th man on a team, you better be cheering your ass off on the bench and supporting every single guy that comes to the bench. For the star player, like Cat, you know, some games you're not going to be recognized, but you got to be that rock that's always going to be consistent. And that's what mm-hmm. Malik 
is kind of held to is being the rock in that six-man role to just hit the threes he needs to hit. And I think he was a little frustrated. They couldn't do that, and it's really nice to see him come around because I, I love seeing Malik succeed, man. Yeah, so I was I was at the Heat game, and there was a point in that game where we had the we had the lineup of D'Lo, Ant, Malik, Jaden, and Cat out on the floor, and I was like, wow, with Malik Beasley hitting his shots tonight, with D'Angelo Russell hitting his shots tonight, with Jaden hitting a decent amount of his shots tonight, this this lineup is unguardable, especially the way Ant was playing that night when Malik Beasley is playing to his potential, it just unlocks the whole offense. When we can have him out there with those starters, man, our lineup is incredible. He is he is an X factor on this team. And as you've seen with his elevated play, our team has elevated in its play. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, going off into another reason I think we've been so successful in this run is obviously, you know, it really stinks that Pat Bev went down with the uh, abductor strain, I believe, in his left leg. Because um, that rating, you know, that lineup of D'Lo, Pat Bev, um, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns, you know, they're the highest net rating in the NBA. And for us to go, you know, 6-10 and 10 while Pat Bev is hurt, I think is a testament to how mentally tough this team is. Yeah. Exactly, man. And uh, Pat Bev, you're right. He's just been he's been critical to, during this stretch, um, and he he also has been an X factor. I think it's good that we're. I think we got to just keep this a very positive episode here because there's so much positive. I don't even know if there's any negatives to talk about. I mean, that Charlotte game, we can just throw that out the way Cat said. And I when he said that, when he said, you know, this is the old wolves, like this is blah blah blah. I was like, all right, whatever. But then when I saw them play against Philadelphia and come in one of the one of the best wins. I've ever experienced as a Wolves fan. I, w- I believed him. I was like, you know what? That happens. We're a young team. You can't always win. You're gonna have terrible games like that, and it sucked. It happened against Lamelo. It sucked for Ant, but um, you know, I think that's just gonna help us in the end. I think it's especially apparent, you know, in that 76ers game. I feel like the old Wolves, if they let up that 20 point lead, man, they're it's 99. percent You know, those guys are not falling. even. Not even just that. If we would have went to overtime, the old Wolves would have lost that game. I, I honestly, Chris, I want to know the stat. I wish we had a stat guy. But I don't think there's probably less than two overtime games that we have won since me and you started covering the Timberwolves. I feel like last year, every single game that went to overtime, it was an automatic loss. And to go to two overtimes and win, I mean, come on. That, that, that's like the best feeling in the world to be with a team for so long and then just have that happen, man. Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing that stood out to me in that 76ers game was just the perseverance of the team. Um, you know, the refing, I, again, Peyton and I are like biggest advocates for not complaining about the refing. We really don't think the refing plays a part in the ending of a game if you play well enough. But I, I swear on, you know, everything that, this refing almost ruined the game to an extent because you you lose Carl Anthony Towns, Jade McDaniels, and I believe Jared Jared Vanderbilt, right? And for the mental perseverance of D'Angelo Russell and the rest of that squad on the floor to stick with it and keep grinding in the overtime, even when we were down by three at points, to keep grinding, keep getting shots up is a testament to where I think this team could be. Um, 
next spring, hopefully in the playoffs, man. Because this spring, only, or this spring, yeah, Upcoming only spring, yeah, come on. Only good teams do that, man. Only good teams can come back from major losses like that. Like Vanderbilt is the heart and soul of your team. Carl Anthony Towns is the best player on your team. And Jaden McDaniels gives you that length to guard Tobias Harris, who was killing us that game. I mean, it's incre- it's incredible. It, I, it really is a testament to the will that will of that team in that game. Did the two-minute r- report come out yet on that game? I, I haven't really been on Twitter or anything lately because I would love it, to see how many missed calls there were. I think it does the morning after. Um, we, we know. Uh, you Everyone saw the free throw dis- discrepancy. Yeah, um, bro. And, and shot more free throws than our entire team, and it's – it's a little frustrating because I'm I'm starting to think the wolves are a little bit you know like the refs don't like us. I, no, I really I, well, don't why, know why. Why not, Chris? Why, what do you mean you don't know why? Well, who's, I mean, who's I, on the bench the whole time yelling at the refs? Pat Bev, he's yelling at the refs. Who's complaining every time they get a call? Carl Anthony Towns. There's a reason the refs don't like us, and it it's just a snowball effect. And we've been talking about this for the whole season. I mean, the refs aren't gonna like you if you're always complaining every single call they make. And there there is times, man. When Carl will have a blatant foul and he will be complaining to the refs like it wasn't a foul at all. I mean, I get why the refs sometimes aren't on our side, but that 76ers game, it was outrageous. Uh, and I'm usually not the one to say that it's the refs, but uh, it, it it almost looked like a rigged game. I mean, how does Embiid shoot 22 free throws in one game? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> dude, there's some points in that overtime where it was like you literally can't do anything because he will catch the ball. And just go to the hoop and just chuck up a shot, and no matter how straight up you are, it's a foul. No matter what, it's like they were already going to call a whistle, blow the whistle, no matter what. A little off topic, but I th- I feel like the refing has just been a little brutal. I don't know if you saw that clip of Steph Curry going to the rim and getting like bodied, yeah. like tackled to the ground, and not calling the foul. And you don't you you don't see Steph Curry get up and just start screaming <laughs> at people. Yeah, no. I mean, my very, goodness, man. Yeah, they're humans, man. They're humans for sure, but. It it has been brutal this year. I think all the rule, new, maybe the new rule changes and stuff. It, they're kind of put them in an awkward position because they don't know what's a foul anymore and what's not. You know, I will say though, something that seems to be going for D'Angelo Russell is still the rip through, and I thought yep. that was one of the fouls that was going to be outlawed. You saw that. You've seen the past like few games. D'Lo does the rip through almost every single play. Yep. If you if that defender's hand is up in his face, he's gonna. Yeah, sometimes they call it a reach-in foul rather than a shooting foul is what I've noticed. Um, yeah. is it, it's not a shooting foul anymore. But speaking of the man, D'Lo, ice in the veins, Chris. You've always been a D'Lo supporter. You kind of almost jumped off the bandwagon there at some point in the in that downstretch there. You you were close. You were close to the ledge. You kind of talked your way back, and I'm sure you're still a big D'Lo guy because he, he's been phenomenal. And, and, and not even – all right, he's been phenomenal in the fourth quarter. We'll give him that. <laughs> we'll give you, him that. You, you see, like, if you go on the Timberwolves website, you see Anthony Edwards, all his jerseys are sold out. You you see Carl Anthony Towns, almost all of his jerseys are sold out. And then you see D'Angelo Russell, and he's, there's a lot of sizes available in D'Angelo mm. Russell jerseys. There's not a lot of Wolves fans that, you know, Appreciate. go out to go out to get a D'Angelo Russell jersey. They think he might get traded. They don't like him. They think he's inconsistent. I've always loved D'Angelo Russell, and I, I have a picture of him. I don't know if you guys can see. I will tilt my computer. Nice. You see that photo? little D'Angelo Russell image on the wall. I got my wow. D'Lo jersey. You have the tattoo, actually, of the now, now I, clock I, on your arm. <laughs> I, might, I might have to add that to my arsenal, man. But yeah. holy moly, he, he was loaded that night, man. There was no he, more, no more Lord loading. 
Well, it was funny because uh, Jim Pete, I was telling you about this, Chris. When uh, during the game, he it was like in the fourth quarter. He's like, he was like, you know what? Our point guard needs to start making some shots. He's really just out there doing nothing. He he kind of had a call to action, D'Angelo Russell. And right after that, he made six of eight threes and just completely went off because most of his points were in the fourth quarter in the overtimes. And what did he end with? Thirty four. Thirty. Isn't it 36? 36 to 38, I believe, actually. Something like that. But he was unconscious. And, again, his shots are very – the average basketball fan will see him take a shot and be like, you could get a better shot than that. But with D'Angelo Russell, for some reason, he likes those contested fadeaway twos. He he was taking a lot of those, you know, the classic D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, mid-range twos. But I noticed, obviously, he made six out of his seven threes in the fourth quarter and overtime. But – um. He went to the same move every time. I don't know if the I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he just did a little sidestep to the right and he was open. I don't yeah. I don't know why they weren't guarding him a little tighter considering he's not the most athletic player, so you you can you can go out on D'Lo and he's most likely not going to get by you unless you're Duncan but Robinson. I don't think D'Angelo Russell was going to miss last or not no. last night, but in the Sixers game. I I really don't. I think he was seeing the hoop perfectly. Yeah, would um would you have had D'Angelo Russell take that shot at the end of regulation instead of Anthony Edwards? Yes, and that was the only mistake I thought Finch made was giving Ant free reign on the fourth quarter shot to try to you know or was that the first overtime? Whatever it was, the the Anthony Edwards, you know, just hold the ball for eighteen seconds. If that's your game plan, I'm okay with that. You know, I would like D'Lo to take it. I'm okay with that. But Ant, let's try to get to the rim, man. Right. I, the the whole I knew he was going to take that. You know, step yeah. back three, and I'm sure the Sixers knew they watch film on him. I mean, he's he did that a couple times last year too when they gave him the last shot. Um, take it to the rim, man. I, yeah. He's unstoppable when he chooses to take it to the rim. That Euro step, eight times going out of ten left. is going to work, man. Go it's going to work. He does that reverse so smooth every single time, and I think he just. I don't know. I I love Anthony Edwards, man, but he just he's just got to be a smart smarter decision maker sometimes. Yeah, he's um he's definitely a young player, man. You can tell. And I, I guess we should touch on him, man, because I was at that Heat game. And, I mean, we haven't seen it all season. He has not had a perfect season up to this point. But in that Heat game, I saw greatness, man. I, I saw the birth of a superstar. I saw the birth of maybe the, one of the faces of the league in the future, Chris. That, that was the real deal. And I, I yeah, witnessed it in person. I agree. You know, that 48-point game against the Warriors was, uh, you know, we were losing by a lot that game. And while it was impressive, I thought this 33-point game with 15 rebounds, 15 rebounds, eight assists, seven assists, like against Anthony Edwards. He's that guy. You know, first of all, I love him because he's just excited. He wants to change the culture here. You know, he's excited Mm -hmm. to be a wolf. He's he's always pumping the crowd up. He's always into the game. He's always, he always chanting wolves back when we win. I love that. And to see him, you know, have a little chippiness in him. Like, he's always a happy-go-lucky guy, but, you know, I, I, was, I was very happy when I saw him stand up to Jimmy Butler. Like, that was, that was very nice to see, man. I, he didn't even have to do anything. You just felt the – I feel like you were there. I mean, that whole building had to feel the emotion. Of Aunt, oh, yeah. Aunt and Jimmy just staring each other down for a I mean, because Jimmy, Jimmy plays that tough guy, man, and I, I'm, I'm not one to say if he's really a tough guy, if he really is behind his words, but he's always been that tough guy, and no one really stands up to him, and especially the way he treated the Timberwolves at the end of our, uh, at the end of our marriage with him. Obviously, 
mo- some of it is rightfully so. I, I don't think he's all in the wrong in that whole situation. But, man, there's bad blood there. There's, there's bad, bad blood, blood, and no one has really stuck up to him to this point. Cat, eh, not really. But to see Ant at the first chance that he got to stick up to Jimmy Butler to kind of just be like, no, man, like you're not gonna you're not gonna bully me. That was great. I mean, that just was, feels good. That just feels good as a Wolves fan, man. If, like that's a, that's our arch nemesis, man. We finally right. get to see someone take him on. It felt like it felt like he didn't just have his own back there. He he didn't just have Cat's back because you know Jimmy Butler called Cat soft. All this, he had every single one of our fan, every single one of us. He had our back right there because we all hate Jimmy Butler. And for him to stick up for that, he stuck up for all of us. And Anthony Edwards, man, I, I got a really important point here. And also, um, guys, we have not been looking at the comments here. We're trying out this new um, – doing the live here. So we're going to check out the comments here at the end and kind of go through them. But for now, we just want to stay to the point. don't want to get distracted by the comments. But we appreciate everyone right now tuning in, and we'll get to your comments. promise you that. Chris, I, I've been thinking about – when in LeBron James's career – did people know that he was going to be one of the goats? When in Michael Jordan's career did people know he was going to be one of the goats? It, it couldn't have been in the second season. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying. When when is it too quick? Like, are we still in that point where Anthony Edwards could be one of the greatest basketball players of all time? You know, it for especially for LeBron and Jordan. You know, both of them winning Rookie of the Year. Both of them. LeBron was you know deemed a prodigy when he was right. in high school, and I think that's why it's so impressive that he lived up to it. But you know. Both of them in their first, you know, two or three seasons, everyone knew they had a, you know, a shred of greatness into them or a shred of greatness in them. Like Michael had the best rookie season of all time. Um, but you didn't really know until they like started winning those chips. And right. when LeBron went to Miami, man, that's kind of when we knew like, oh shit, like LeBron's going to be an all time great. And when, you know, Mike finally beat the Pistons, man, and won those first few Mike's one going to be one of those all-time greats. He's going to he's going to be competing with Larry and Magic. So I think the next step, you know, in this for Anthony Edwards is to keep improving on efficiency and keep leading that team deeper in the playoffs. Like I think it is too young to declare what Anthony Edwards is going to be. He's he is one of the rawest. He's one of the best raw prospects ever. He has compared to a lot of these other lottery picks. He has barely any basketball skill right. or knowledge. So it's incredible what he's already doing with, That's what the, with his limited, you know, ability. Like, who knows? Anthony Edwards could be a top ten player ever. We have no clue. We have no clue if he's gonna just be a middle of the pack, you know, player. I, I, I don't know. We don't. We, he could be a Wiggins, but I think the thing that really stands out to me is he does have that alpha dog mentality, and he is upset when he doesn't win, and he, he pushes players, and he's a leader when he's young, and that's those are all qualities that. Mike, LeBron, and all the greats had. So there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of promise. I think I think you're kind of touching on right where what it, what the the fact. I mean, he's a great basketball player. Don't get me wrong. He's an he's a generational athlete, one of the best athletes in the league right now. But I still don't even think that's his best quality. I think his persona and just the way that he's putting this whole city on his back and really, there's not a single Wolves fan that doesn't like Anthony Edwards. And in fact, there's not many NBA fans unless you're a Heat fan and you're a fan of number two, whoever that was, or you're a Raptors fan, or you're a diehard Lamelo fan. Everyone, everyone loves Anthony Edwards. I mean, everyone, he, man. He's just a great personality. He's exactly what this league needs, and I think that's what kind of has given him that chance to. You know what, man? I don't want to say it too early, but I think he could be one of the best ever to play basketball. He's very young. 
He's very big, young. big statement right there. But big I, statement, I, I, but I witnessed it, Chris. I he, witnessed, would, he would he would say the exact same thing too. I witnessed that. I'm telling you, man, it, there was something special. I mean, we went to the Pelicans game earlier too, and we we obviously saw that you know poster Duncan transition. Like watching him in real life and not on TV is a complete different like. Like you saw it, he he jumped over Gabe Vincent pretty much. He put his nuts in Gabe Vincent's face. He did. He disrespected what? him and his family. I'm, I'm, again, you know, we're we're cutting down on the swearing, but that ref no. is, is such an asshole, man. Yeah. How the how do you call a charge on that play? Even if it was, man, I and it wasn't. First of all, he's moving. Even if it was, it's an unwritten rule. It's, it's like an it's, rule. it's like in baseball, man. It's it's the Tatis Grand Slam thing. Like you know, it's an unwritten rule. If you posterize a, if he misses the dunk call a charge if he makes a dunk it's an and one it's it's a simple basketball knowledge that i just it didn't i didn't i don't know i don't know it, it was it was it was terrible obviously that dunk was a big part of the game but i i really do think the biggest part of the the reason you know we were down 12 at one point in that game and anthony edwards lit the building on fire with those two giant threes yep and that's when it started to get rolling the fans started roaring chanting rachel nichols oh yeah that's that's electric that's when you know that's when i I had to ask did did you participate in the rachel nichols of course of course man i mean i I was i mean i've been to three games so far this that was the furthest i've been so far but yeah we, we were chanting rachel nichols me and henry um friend of the show for sure um but yeah dude i there's just so much good things to talk about like like i can't even we haven't even touched on all of it, obviously, but there's just been so much great things that have happened in this stretch, and I'm I'm upset we missed it, but I'm excited because we got a real basketball team that we're covering now, Chris. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make it's not even really a bold take, but the Grizzly win, the Sixer win, and the Heat win were not only the greatest wins of the season so far, but some of the greatest Timberwolves wins of all time, in my opinion. And for for really different reasons the grizzlies right. win first of all was blowing out a team that we have had trouble with was blowing out the grizzlies you know then you go to the heat game the heat game was monumental in the fact that we i know we beat him you know with d'angelo russell but it was the fact that anthony edwards had conquered jimmy butler i think was yep. the biggest one of that that's what is your the, what is your tweet say i just to um Oh yeah, if you got I think <laughs> Basshole Media had its most liked tweet ever. Um I didn't even know until Peyton told me the other day, but I think I went on some uh heat Twitter page and I said like it's funny like y'all have Anthony Edwards' name in your mouth so much like Ant is Jimmy's new daddy and it got 40 likes and I I'd like to say that's what you call getting ratioed uh heat country or whatever your name is. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's been it's been fun cuz I mean, we haven't been posting podcasts, but we have been keeping up on the social medias for sure, Instagram, uh Twitter. Um if you guys didn't see our Darren up um episode. But yeah, Chris, do you think it's time to head to the comment section? I mean, we don't want to keep people uh we don't want to keep people waiting for this Pacers game. Um I guess maybe say a, we could say a few words about the Pacers game first and yeah. then we could jump into these into these comments. Um, before Peyton and I started, I know for sure Jade McDaniels is out. Um, yeah. Jared Vanderbilt was a game time decision. If you guys look at your phone right now, it'll probably have if he's playing or not. Peyton and I have no clue. Nope. Um, Miles Turner's out for the Pacers. Bev's going to be out for, I sorry, I think another week. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, the starting lineup is probably going to consist something of 
Stilo, Ant. Um, we'll possibly see Malik in there today. Um, and hopefully Vando or Cat or Nazan Cat. So, oh, also, one thing to touch on too is I absolutely love how they finally moved on from McLaughlin and put oh, Balmero on the back of the How did we not even talk about that? He, yeah. um, he, he was, I thought he was great. He did exactly. He kind of looked like a freshman going out there in the varsity game for the first time. Um, he, he played tentative, which I fully, fully expect. He took a few bad shots. One for sure was that, uh, mid range, but I mean, that's just, and he, the players looked a little confused out there sometimes when he was trying to run the offense, but just having him out there, he looked, he looked like an NBA player. I think he, it's going to be great having him play more minutes. Yeah. But we'll get to your guys' comments right now. Um, so we don't keep you waiting for the Pacers game. Um, if you're listening on, you know, we'll, we'll add this even if they're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You guys can hear some of the comments. We'll we'll touch on some. Yeah, for sure. Um, one other thing, guys. Uh, we're gonna be streaming the game on Wednesday against the Wizards. Is that a six o'clock start game? I think. Um, so we'll start the stream at five fifty. Um, if you guys want to submit a video to be played at halftime, because I noticed that we've always had this dead time at halftime. We'd love to have let the fans. Just give a little message out. If you guys want to say, like, hey, guys, uh, my name is John Smith, uh, watching the stream, hope the Wolves get a dub. That's all you want to say. We'll put that on during halftime, and everyone will see it that's watching. So I think we'll help yeah. that build the community. Greg, Greg Weasley is going to be submitting a video. Um, John Miller, a lot of people. So just make sure to get on that. So let's get going, Chris. Find uh, You can start off. I don't, I, don't, I don't have the comments in front of me. That's You're probably going to have to do that. All right, sounds good. Um, Mason Schmidt, longtime supporter of the channel, says, What's up, boys? It's been too long. You know, it has, man. Uh, the break, it was tough, but it had to happen. And I think me and Chris are more motivated now than ever. And it, it honestly was exactly what we needed because we, uh, we stopped doing the podcast there at a, at a rough time, at a dark time in Timberwolves history. So I, I mean, think, Hey, man, you touched, on, you touched on it all. Yeah. Um, Lucas W says, uh, Miles Turner not playing, Vando. Not playing, not Vando or Jaden, but hopefully we pull it out. So he's saying not no Vando or Jaden, but there's also no Miles Turner. So I think we're a better team than the Pacers. I think, um, but they with Malcolm Brogdon, man, they've been they they kind of killed us last year. Yeah, that was, there was another overtime game against the Pacers last year. That was the uh, one where lost. Ant had the uh, the rim out right on the on the shot. That was that, that was, was actually we met, we mentioned that man. He one of those step back threes, <laughs> dude. That last minute. That was heartbreaking. That was. Um, Mason Schmidt also says Nathan nighttime tonight. I I don't know, man. I feel like there's been so many times when it should have been Nathan nighttime and they just, it's not, they just haven't put him in. Like I've been calling for Nathan Knight to get minutes for a long time and he just has not. Hey man, let's, let's hope all, we'll probably get to see a lot of Balmero tonight. Probably get to see a lot of Nathan Knight. I mean, this should um, be, this should be Nathan Knight's night. You could potentially, honestly, see him in the starting lineup, maybe if they choose to go Nas, still being that backup center. So, who you knows? Could. I don't, I don't know if we'll see that, but um, let's uh, let's talk about silencing Jimmy. I'll meet you in the back, Butler. I mean, we've touched on that a lot. That's what Nathan Roshka said. Um, yeah, we we touched on that. <laughs> it was a great feeling. I hate Jimmy. Great feeling. Um, we have Vando on a very friendly t- team contract. That's very true. Next three years. Um, oh, Vando is available. My bad. Gave you some Doogie news. Just kidding. Love Doogie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. 
flu game flu game vando vando flu, flu game, game vando. tonight I see. This is hard because I got to read the comments that are happening right now. Um, John Miller says, "Do you think he can keep? We can keep this consistency up." Is he talking about the wolves or the podcast? The wolves, not the podcast. <laughs> the podcast is always up in the air. We never know about that. <laughs> um, I uh, tough month for December. Um, I think we are going to go. I think it's going to be okay, man. If we can go five hundred in December. Good to go, man. I think we can make us. I think we can make the sixth seed. Um, yeah, guys, everyone in the chat right now, make sure to like this stream. Um, and let us know also. Do you like? Do you like the live podcast format, Chris? What do you think so far about it? I like it. It's you know, it's fun. It's it's kind of it's almost like you know, to be me and Peyton, it's kind of the same exact thing. We're we're not really focused on the comments. It's kind of just a, a pre-recorded Tim Rose talk, but it is nice having you guys watching live because it seems sometimes. like you guys are i mean obviously i'm not having time to read all these comments but it seems like you guys are interacting well in the chat which we love to see we love our community and if you guys are here man we we really would appreciate if you guys sent in those videos for the halftime thing i think that would be that would be awesome just to see everyone together and yeah um guys if you're new here we love you guys we love we love the community we love the wolves and this has got to be the happiest i've ever been as a wolves fan for sure all right so yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree, man. All right, guys. So we're gonna see you guys on Wednesday at five fifty. Make sure to send your videos to Timberwolves underscore talk underscore talk underscore at Instagram. And yeah, everyone have a great game. Let's hope the Wolves get a dub tonight, and we'll see you guys on Wednesday.